everybody thank you for tuning in to another episode of locker room bo uh mom i'm O already if you haven't known but uh we're here back with uh black lives matter part two and uh we got the same people same guests so that way it doesn't uh disrupt the flow this time this time we have a little bit more time i think we're uh we should be good to try to get as much out as we can um if you have listened to the previous episode um, you know that Mason left us with, uh, with a cliffhanger about his biological father being a cop. Um, so I think it's only proper to start there. And, uh, yeah, let's go from there. Mason, do you want to you wanna share that? Yeah, let's kick it off, man. Yeah, so I think it's like an interesting thing, like who becomes a police officer and who doesn't, and potentially why they even chose the job in the first place. So growing up, like, that was a cop in town and everything, and then – you know, my personal life, personal life, but he moved away and everything, became a cop in Washington and then ended up losing his job. But the reason he lost his job was because he was willing to outright lie about what he did his previous police force job. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that somebody who's supposed to uphold moral values in society was willing to be like, hey, I'm going to be immoral just to benefit myself. Yeah. And I think that's something that you see pretty frequently within police departments like, hey, I know I'm supposed to be here to like morally uphold, you know, help serve, protect all these things. And then it's kind of like, Oh wait, I can help myself first and then help others. And then like, I think that happens like far too frequently that you have these, like there's no barrier to entry for police officers. Like you need a high school diploma and you go through an academy and boom, you're in. Right. Like it really isn't that much to like let you in. And so I think people's reason for going into is like no discredit to anybody in the military, but like we often know that a lot of recruiters come to high schools and they do seem to prey on people who have lower GPAs or have lower access to more opportunity. And I feel like cops, unfortunately, have gotten to a point where it's like almost like a last resort job. If it's not your like intended purpose to go into like criminal justice, it's like, oh, I can become a cop. And mm-hmm. I think there's not, not to like discredit cops in any way either, but I think that it's like you see it too often. People are like, I'll just become a cop. Like it's like I didn't get what I wanted, so I'll just do this other thing. And I, I don't think that that should be like a fallback job in our society. I think there should be a higher level respect and like understanding why you're going to position and the reason you want to go into position should be just to help people period just like a nurse just like a firefighter like nurses obviously go through like rigorous training firefighters do the same thing they can go in after high school but most fire departments want people to go through like pretty rigorous academy or go through at least an associate's degree and stuff like that so i don't know it's like growing up and seeing that side of it is like not saying my dad was like a bad person he wasn't like trying to like smuggle or like right. be like a dirty cop or anything. It was nothing like that terrible, man. But like, it was easy slight, like the white lie kind of thing. Like, oh, I'll just do this one thing and it's okay. But like, you know, he saw that on the other side and like someone gave him a white lie when he's on duty, like that can turn into a situation. You know what I mean? So there's like this double standard of what letting both cops see and what they do in their daily life and what they allow to happen when they're actually like on the clock. Hmm. That's actually very interesting. I mean, I definitely thought that it was going to go way to the left. On, on, no. your, on your situation with, with your biological father. <laughs> no, um, man. It's not stuff all personal, man. Who he is is who he is. But what his job was, I think, is like, it didn't suit his personality. And I think because mm. it didn't suit his per- I went on, I went on a couple ride-alongs with him and stuff. And, like, yeah. I see what he did. And, like, 
you know, at the time it seemed like, oh, he's being the hero. He's being the cop. He's, you know, protecting people. And I re- look back on it and I'm like, I kind of picked on some people for no reason. Like, I don't know if it was the like, hey, I got my son here. I'm going to look cool and everything. <laughs> I don't know okay. what the situation was. But like, even at one point we transported a, a prisoner from like one jail to the other. And he was telling me in the car, like, hey, you don't have to talk to him. You have to know these things. And like, he like devalued him as a human being while we were in the car. Like, even though he committed a crime, I understand that. It didn't mean he was like less of a person. Like, he just committed a crime. And I don't know what the crime was either. It could have been violent. It could have been a, you know, he had a quart of pot on him. I don't know. Right. So, <laughs> you know, that's interesting yeah. because I, so since our last conversation, um, I've been trying to, to talk to other people about certain situations and try to get their opinions. And uh, one of my friends, he is... He's a security guard, and he actually works with Brandon's dad. And uh, knowing his past to, like, how he is now, how he's more pro-law enforcement, uh, one of the conversations we had last night was just uh, the assumption that what cops have when approaching civilians. And his thing was he was – I feel like – even though it made a little bit of sense, but still was trying to justify the actions of police officers and how they treat people was based on um, the moment you get pulled over, for instance, uh, your plates are ran. And according to your plates, it gives them the information of who the car belongs to. And if it really is your car at that point, um, then they're able to pull up your information and kind of see what kind of person you are. You know, like if you were a person that has, has a record regardless what type of record it is, I think that assumption is already uh, made when approaching you. So if there's an instance, yeah. So if there's an instance where um, you have, you have a, a, what is it? Well, I guess where you're just, you're, you had already been charged with like a assault and battery or you're known to be aggressive. Um, it gives cops every not not that it gives them the opportunity, but it makes them be more aware that potentially you could be aggressive towards them for the interaction up or the upcoming interaction that they're about to have. Um, but can I stop you like just for one second on that one too? Yeah, yeah, I think that's ahead. a really interesting thing. Like, because I agree with you. Like, yeah, like I think it's healthy that these cops have like at least the idea of hey, this is the person I'm about to encounter. But there's also like charges that are put on people that are very blanketed that. I'm not protecting sex offenders, but you take a piss in a park in the middle of the night and the cop catches you and they file you as a sex offender. Like you didn't, you're not a pedophile, but now you're a sex offender. Right. And the same thing with like an assault person, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you have aggravated assault or you have domestic violence. And like, unfortunately we have like coworkers, friends that have like gone through these instances where like, there really wasn't like true domestic violence. If someone called the cops and like the story gets escalated or emotions are escalated and then a charge is filed. And the charge mm-hmm. doesn't really match what the person is. And it may be a one-off instance in their life. That's the last time. Right. And it, may be a violent, it might be a violent criminal. And I understand they got to protect themselves too. But like, it's, I don't know, man. I think this preconceived notion of walking up to a criminal when really like it might've just been just some emotion in a moment. You know what I mean? Right. I think too, it's, sure. it's, it's hard to, point. yeah. Like it's hard to determine that too, because it's like, what if it's yeah. somebody that's trying to turn their life around and they yeah, just, exactly, they just exactly. have this jacket on. I mean, I think I think it's I, I for me it's safe to say that there are a lot of variables in yeah. in determining circumstances. You know, I think that the situations that we've had recently with um innocent men, you know, and then their lives being ended is those instances where they aren't able to get enough information on the on the person 
So they tend to just treat it to what they're used to, which I think is, is horrifying because that puts us in a different, in a different perspective or we're being generalized. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys, cause I, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I had a very interesting conversation with my mother-in-law yesterday as well. And, uh, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't agree with, uh, with what I had said, but then she did bring up a good point, a point that I not necessarily was neglecting, but it just never really came about. And I've asked this to Brandon and, um, for the most part, I, I think he might've agreed with it, but the thing that I said was if I were to get pulled over, I would be treated as if like I was a, a bad Hispanic person. And the reason for that is because I, just how we all know that they're, they're bad black people. There's bad Hispanics. There's bad white people. I, f- I think that because of those interactions that cops have had with, with those people, that they treat everybody the same. They're expecting everybody to react the same. Um, so I guess my thing when I was explaining to her is that I was placing blame on my people. I was placing blame on black people. I was placing blame on whites and Asians that have had encounters like that, that have either enter- ended in like a police officer getting shot or running from the cops, or doing the extra. So, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I'll, I'll speak up on this one, because, like, my father generalized often, man. Like, the, it always seemed like, I go visit there in the summer, and, like, when I'm here in California with my mom, like, life is free, people are good, people are happy, like, go encounter strangers, like, don't go, like, dangerous, but, like, don't be shy to people who just, because, like, you don't know them directly, like, learn who they are. Like, it, like don't have preconceived notions don't judge people like like by books like cover all that stuff when my dad's house it's like everybody's dangerous everybody he encounters could be you know potential harm they could be a criminal they could be a thing and it's like there's that psychological change in your mind of like what people actually are before you meet them and i think it's interesting like and this is just one officer this is not blanket the entire you know mm-hmm. police department but like definitely he had his view of like everyone's dangerous and like where he lived was not a dangerous place at all like we're talking about like like a 10,000 population, like <laughs> place in Washington. Yeah. And this is not like, and he worked here in San Bernardino for a little bit, but like, even then he wasn't like in the ghetto. He wasn't like in like a crazy place, man. Like he was pretty much here in Ukaipa and like a little bit of oh. like he was, in, yeah, he's like, and that's the whole thing is like, and that's why he like eventually was fired because here he is giving Washington police PD that he's this, like he wants to just do traffic now because he did all these violent crime things in San Bernardino when he worked here, which is like completely untrue. Got it. So you know, it's almost like in his own mind, he started to twist that the world is more dangerous than it is. It's crazy that you, you mentioned that Mason about um your father being fired because of like some things that happened at a different agency. I didn't realize that a lot of agencies, like say for instance, you would get fired from one agency and then try to go to a different one they kind of turn a blind eye to some of the things that you you did at your other agency. They don't really, like if you have a couple um, uh, excessive force, you know, cases, they might not view it as that damaging to where they can't hire you as an, at a different, you know, precinct. So well, for, your father you- to get, for, for your, your father to get caught up, it kind of like took me for a, took me for a loop because usually that doesn't really happen, you know. Well, yeah. but he did lie about it, but well, he got caught up for other reasons. He got caught up oh, for like, okay. it, it was it was like it was like it was just opportunity like life caught up to him. Karma caught up to him in this instance. Got it. Like, okay. It just had to be got like it. my mom was getting married and something with her marriage certificate brought up questions at her department. That's mm. all that happened. It was just one of those like backdoor weird things and like got that's it. the way got it was. It. 
but okay. like you know like you said man here are like he didn't have any priors like he wasn't like okay. like like anything yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but like he was just basically saying he had all this experience working with like true criminals of what like dangerous mm. people in San Bernardino and that's why he wants to work this easy job in Washington and hang out but like you said too there's this like a precinct will like hey we'll turn a blind eye to this incident because oh you're working in like a highly like dangerous area where there's you know people of color or whatever the you know how they want to phrase it which is messed mm. up like that's what we're dealing with is now it's like okay well, we'll forgive you because you're in a different type of community you might act differently here mm. hmm. that, i think that falls in lines with that that whole brotherhood you know when it comes to, to to cops and how you know hey you know you had that mistake out there but you know you probably won't you know encounter something like that out here so we'll go ahead and move on from that yeah so i think that kind of that kind of consistency could pass on to the next agency. and You never know what could happen, but I don't know. So, I mean, obviously from our last conversation, um, based on, on what I've, I've talked to you be, uh, yeah. as far as, you know, the r- other people have ruined it for the rest of us is kind of what I've, what I've said. Uh, sure. How do you guys feel about that? You mean like, as far as, uh, I guess to be blatant, like how people see like the black community, as far as like mostly what they see on TV, rowdy ghetto, they just assume that everyone is. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like so. Basically, you're getting like you're not that person, right? But right, based on stereotypes, but I get that perception put on me because of that. Like the the others, in the sense, you is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Uh. I think honestly, it's crazy. I find myself like battling that like every day, like especially like when I go to stores. Um, I I feel like I'm like extra polite, just for no reason to like just in case it'd be like just in case you know someone from our culture was mean, rude, or whatever. Like I'm extra nice and like in the things that I do, like oh thank you. Uh, uh, yes, and um, you have a great day afterwards. I, I find myself doing that all the time. And I, I don't know if it's just who I am as like a polite person, but I then also feel like I do it purposely because I think about it also like after I do it, just to like kind of give that other perception of we're not all like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Definitely. I, I d- definitely agree with that. Um, I think I've been to say the least kind of groomed in that manner of just being yeah. automatically, you know, yeah. let me just not show you that I'm not who you think I am <laughs> kind, of, kind of situation. So I, I had an ins- instance actually last week where um, a tree fell, like broke a big branch off a tree, fell off of a, um, a tree and landed on the street. And it was covering up those street. There was a cop that came by to kind of stop traffic so they can have some city workers come up and cut the tree up and move it. And um, I didn't think any of it, but it was right next to my car. And I was, you know, thinking like, man, that could happen to me or happen to my car. I could land on my car. And, you know, the cop came out of, came out of his, his car and, and automatically I kind of felt a little way about it, you know, cause I didn't know how the interaction was going to be. I didn't know he was going to question, you know, what I was doing there, even though I just parked. Um, <laughs> so I kind of automatically switched over to that, you know, Hey sir, hi sir, bye sir, kind of kind of mentality, and kind of went on when I went on about my day. I just I just didn't know what was going to happen in that situation. But usually, in regular situations, I would do that anyway. So I don't know if it's 
you know, who I'm if encountering you're... myself with or mm -hmm. if I don't want to put on a perception of someone like I said, who they think I will be. Um, I just automatically go to that, you know, let me just be, you know, the good guy or yeah. show some, some peace. So they're, they're not frightened in the situation. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It sucks that we have to do that. Um, <laughs> even if that's like a, like a click in our, in our mind, but you know, I feel like I, I've done that even in my relationship. I'm, I'm dating on a, on in Hispanic and you know, there, there might be certain kind of um, perceptions or stereotypes that Hispanics might view of a black person. So me having that mindset, you know, I, it, it was, it was automatically, you know, something I wanted to, to change that narrative to change, mm -hmm. even if they didn't mm -hmm. feel that way, you know, I just automatically, mm -hmm. like, I, I, I don't want to be that black guy that they think they think they know, or they they've seen on TV or they've experienced, maybe they experienced somebody ghetto and, you know, they have this lasting negative, you know, perception of them. So I think it's yeah. surrounded in all parts of life, but yeah, it's, it sucks that we have to have to do that, even if we know we're not that type of person. Exactly. Yeah. So crazy. I kind of feel like the same, not like I'm not liking your shoes, but like I feel the same way when I approach somebody of color and I'm like, I'm not racist. Like, hey, I'm gonna be super nice, but I'm not racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I know that sounds like ridiculous, but like, dude, like, I didn't really have that realization until right now. Like, how often I actually probably do that. Like, oh, you're somebody not my color. Like, I gotta prove to you that my people are not racist. Like, yeah. man. Like, you know, I never <laughs> thought about it. Like, I never thought that. Like, ever. I never thought about um, it. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. It, it makes sense though. I mean, because that's that's kind of how I was in the beginning when I first started dating my wife. Like when she okay. brought me around her black side of the family. Got it. You know, mm -hmm. I had to, mm -hmm. I guess it kind of also, I, don't, I didn't have to really prove anything or, but I guess I wanted to make that interaction good in a sense. Okay. And then still kind of like embrace the culture at the same time. Like I remember. Like you, almost, you almost viewed it more significant than meeting somebody other, like other than a black person. Like. You're like, oh, I have to be extra. Like, I don't know. I think so stupid. Like, but in our minds, we have like this weird, like inside thing. Right. Yeah. It's like you're, it's like you're almost self-trained to be that person. I mean, uh, I have a neighbor uh, who's Middle Eastern downstairs for me, and I purposely go out of my way to say hi to him, because, I mean, even them, they're, they're, you know, they have this, this stigma of like terrorism, and nobody wants to touch to talk to them or affiliate themselves with that. So even at that point, they're kind of like self secluded, but mm -hmm. I don't. I haven't asked his name yet, but I'm you know I'm like, hey, what's up, neighbor? And I always say hi. I say hi to his wife and his kids. Um, but I'm just trying to show him like, hey, not everybody hates you, and it's, so it's for sure. Yeah, it's a subconscious thing, I guess. Dude, what's weird? What's weird about this conversation? I don't think me and Mason had that. No, I didn't feel that way. Like you came and worked, it was just like, all right, another dude, whatever. Like I think for me, where we worked, it was like, all right, cool, a guy my age, man, that like probably thinks the same way I do. Like at least I got somebody to chill with at work now. For sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Hey, you, you you gave us some genuine vibes, so I think that, that it made it easier for us to be more comfortable in our own, you know, in our own shoes and and be ourselves. Um, but you know, that's not for everybody. I think Person, I think, like, if I had to generalize, like, the category, it's, like, black females that I think I'm the most, like, hey, I'm not racist. Like, that's when I think, like, I just realized it right now. Like, I think that's the one, the one time I do the most, especially when I'm at work. Like, 
work, working where I do, like there definitely is like a very sensitive situation of like that, like the rich people and who gets help first and like mm. all that situation. You know mm. mean? So like I've been accused of being racist a couple of times at work and it, it, it outright is I'm just busy with other people. Yeah, Brand, I know, man. <laughs> I know, man. Okay. I've been, I've had two comments. One is I'm not the right shade of brown for him to help me, which was crazy. Like I literally was in the middle of helping other people and she was just, she was just a rude person. Like that's just who she was, but she associated me with being white, not wanting to help her which sucked because like, it, it hurt me a lot. Like I struggled with it for a couple of days now because I was like, did I do something to make her feel like I was being racist? You know what I mean? Like I had to like think about it for a second. Like as a white person, like can I ignorantly do something that offends somebody of color like and not realize it, which is possible. But reflecting on it, like she's just a rude person. She came in and was rude to somebody else. So it was like, all right, yeah. that's who she is. But the other one too is like, oh, so you're just going to pick and choose who you help. And I'm like, it's not, it's not because you're black, it's because I'm busy. Like it's just, it's just what's going on. Yeah. So, but those are, sure. those are both black females and like i think that kind of made me like conditioned to feel like okay i gotta prove to you that i'm not so now i gotta go seek you out and help you first or something like it's weird i had a i had a similar experience though on nike like i would purposely not want to help asians though but it was because uh like it's it's hard to communicate there was like a language barrier you know because it's like asians that come from you know wherever they're coming from it's really hard to speak english but then too it's like associating their culture with ours like um, if we were to go over there, like the culture seems to be very rude, but it, it's just how it is out there. But they then bring yeah. that here, and it's like, damn, like don't pull my shirt, you know? Like we don't do that kind of stuff here. <laughs> Can I get three for feet of space, please? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's cultural, the cultural differences. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, and it's it's. I mean, if it's racist, it it is what it is. Like, but I just I purposely didn't help him because. You know, I just didn't want to deal with that type of rudeness. Inter- yeah, the interaction. Yeah, so I just. Which is, it's, it, I mean, you got to recognize it as racist. Like that's what this con- like this what this conversation is. Like we have these like instilled things in us that we see people and yeah. we react to it. Like and it sucks. And like I think it's these conversations that we grow from and realize like okay, cool. Not every Asian person I run to is gonna be cultured like China and they speak just Chinese. Right. Like. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um. So, I mean, I guess in a sense, like, we, I guess we could agree that there's certain reasons why people interact with us because there's ba- they're based on stereotypes, based on experiences that they might have had with other people. Um, the important thing is that kind of what Mason touched is that he also played the other side that my mother-in-law was talking about, which was, you know, um, cops should act a certain way. Like they shouldn't come in judging me. Like how, should they come in and assess the situation for sure? But the judging part should be a little bit more different and understanding really like that they have to be accountable and they should be act a certain way, not just be ready to, to engage in, I guess in like a, in a bad manner. I wanted to talk. I wanted to touch bases on that too because Mason was getting to something that I completely agree with, which is was uh, he said like nurses and doctors they have to train, train and go through like crazy amounts of school to become who they are. Um, Firefighters they have their own training. I'm not quite sure why police officers' training is so like minimal bottom of the barrel like it's it's crazy and it's like they have a a weapon that that a gun doesn't heal anyone they legit walk around with a weapon 
everywhere. And their training is so just bottom of the barrel. It's, it's ridiculous. And um, I wanted to touch bases on that. I think that is something like cops for me. And then to go back to what you're saying, um, I do believe cops should assess the situation. Cops almost need to have a superpower of mind reading and being able to read people. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. I feel, I feel you. That should be a part of training, some psychological training. It really, for sure. is. It really is like yeah. you should be able to read someone's body language to know if they're fidgety okay i need to be on my toes because they may run they may try and get one over on me you have someone sitting there calm it's like really and then you still go to the extremes of being excessive it's crazy um so yeah that's what i wanted to say on that i'm gonna touch base on the training from what i know i'm not gonna speak for all cops and saying they're not doing their due diligence and going out there and maybe training on their own but for that, for those situations, I don't even think it's their fault. I don't, a lot of precincts aren't providing mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. training for them to have. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I know, for most precincts, they're only getting about four hours of training on a yearly basis. Don't think that's very equivalent to, like you said, the lethal force that they do have. Firefighters mm-hmm. are going through extensive training of, you know, being able to heal people, carry people out of, out of burning buildings. Um, and you, we don't really hear any, like, you know, mistakes being made on, on their end. But, you know, there's like these fidgety cops that, you know, first instinct is to pull out their gun in a situation that's kind of not, you know, peaceful or not easy for them. So I feel like there, there should be a little bit of psychological training. I, I agree with that. You know, there should be some more. Me and Oscar have had this conversation about um, cops doing jujitsu. Yes. Okay? Yes. I, I, I am all for it. There's a lot of, jiu-jitsu instructors out there who 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 love interacting with cops in a manner in which they can train them and give them other options in a situation where it you know it's not even kill you know in a stressful situation quick um, plug into uh peerless jiu-jitsu out in corona all right there you go professor um, steven martinez for sure for sure shout out to him um but in in jiu-jitsu there's a lot of uh training and being calm trying to assess the situation and, 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 and plan your next move. And I feel like those t- type of instincts um, can be very useful for cops, man. Um, so those four hours of training for me, I don't think is enough. And I think there should be added training on top of that. So along with, you know, additional hours, you know, maybe some psychological training, how to, how to read people. Cause that is a profession and, you know, that is, you know, out there, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe if it's minimalistic, you being able to assess somebody and give them the benefit of the doubt. Air on the side of caution, I get it. You're a cop at the end of the day. You got to protect yourself by any means. But, you know, giving somebody the benefit of the doubt, giving, having the ability to, you know, if they're calm, you be calm. If they're a little fidgety, you be a little fidgety. You be a, you, you be a little aware about the situation. Um, I don't know. I think training is really key in, in this situation with 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 cops. Because, like I said, not all cops are, are, are equal. Because there are cops that do their dual diligence. They are going to jujitsu. They are learning different tactics on how to handle people and how to get them in a situation where they can't hurt them in a calm way, in a, in a safe way for both people. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they that, also need to get, uh, they need to get in, out there and really, if they can't do all the other things, get in your community of where, where you're patrolling. Yeah. Get to know the people. That. Definitely agree with that. It's as simple as that too. If they can't get the other kind of training, just, you know, get with the community. 
yeah. want to touch one more on the education thing too, man, because I think it is a big deal. Like, I know a lot of people are going to be opposed to it because they're going to feel like, oh, this means that like a lot of cops won't become cops, which I think is a good point. <laughs> I think that barrier to entry in this job should be a lot higher. Definitely. You also have something like you guys said, like, you know, uh, she brought up and like they're in the community, like with guns. So of the firefighters, the nurses and the police officers, those are three that kind of click on the same level. Like a doctor, like education wise, everything else is a different level of what they're at. Like for those sure, are like the sure. main three, like civil jobs that like you're going to probably encounter, encounter one of those in your life, if not a couple of them. And so the police officer, though, is the most involved without our consent, really. You know what I mean? Like you go to a nurse and a firefighter is going to come to you and, and you're going to be thankful they're there. I mean, like hopefully you don't have to go to a firefighter, but most of them now are trained in EMT as well. Like you have to be a paramedic to be a firefighter. Yeah. So now you're like, they're one more level up there. You know, they realize exactly. hey, they're, they're a first responder. If a paramedic can't be there, they should be able to do what the paramedic can do. You know what I mean? So as well, I'm not discrediting how difficult fire or anatomy is or any of those things, but really think about the laws and the criminal justice system and how complicated it is. Can any of you like spew off any laws or like even verbatim on a law? And how many police officers can verbatim give you a law for anything out of the Constitution? <laughs> they should be like, they should be able to recite the Constitution to us. I'm sorry. Mm. Like, that is something like, that's what you're upholding. Like, that's, that's sure. literally mm-hmm. what you're protecting. And it's like, you're protecting those laws. And so why aren't they out there? Why are they forgiven for not knowing laws? Why are they forgiven for like making mistakes? Like, I understand mistakes are made by human beings. And those are separate instances, isolated situations that need to be used. But if they're consistently making the same mistakes or just being like, blatantly like, disregarding what they don't need to know and then expecting a civilian to know more than them it's ridiculous and then they're expecting as well a civilian to stay calm in a situation that they're not trained in but they're supposed to be the trained one to stay calm and they don't Mm. Hmm. i agree one of the things that i wanted to touch on something that brandon was uh was talking about right now which was giving somebody the benefit of the doubt um which was what my mother-in-law was talking about yesterday and uh I asked her, I was like, you're talking about somebody giving another person a benefit of the doubt, especially somebody who's putting their life on the line, basically every interaction that they have because they never know what the situation is. But I asked her and tried to give her an example of if you were walking by yourself anywhere at night and you just see two shadowy figures, not even going to give them race, just two people that you cannot determine or see what they look like, who they are. Or anything like that. Are you more than likely to continue to walk straight? Or are you more to kind of find a different path? And I'm going to ask you guys the same question. um, Because the answer might be different. You know, and I think at that time, if the answer is, at least for me, if if you continue to walk down that path, I think it's more of like a a bravery thing, in my opinion, rather than (laughs) thinking like, oh, no, this person will not hurt me. So I don't know. So I'm interesting to I'm interesting to see what you guys would do in that instance. To to extend on what I was saying about giving the benefit of the doubt, you noted that cops in a situation, let's say they pull somebody over, that may have been in a shady area. Okay. They're able to run those license plates, get some kind of grasp with who this person is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're already a leg up in terms of that person just walking in a in a in a dark alley and not knowing who, who the shady person is. In, in a situation where cops are able to read those uh, or get the license plate number and, you know, read off the their the person's, you know, uh, arrest record, if they even have one. Yeah. Um, and not just judging them based off their, let's say their color and, and what kind of experiences they have with that same color. Um, that, that's all that's all I meant by giving a benefit of the doubt. If you're going up to you, you pull over a black person 
and you do a license plate, so you're able to get all the information. You know it's their car. They have no arrest record. I don't feel like there's any reason for you to feel in danger at that point. If there, like I said, if there's any kind of um, weird vibes you're getting or some kind of psychological thing that you can tell from them, they're, they're being fidgety or they're being kind of weird, obviously err on the side of caution. But I feel as though they already leg, leg up when it comes to these interactions with people. They should give them the benefit of the doubt, especially if there's nothing on their record or anything, any priors for them to worry about. That, that's that's the only reason why I'm saying give them benefit of the doubt. If there's somebody with an a, assault record, long rap sheet, obviously, they're on the side of caution heavily. And, and, and you know, assess the situation as you, you, you interact with that person. But if this person with no arrest record and you just pulling over, or you just pulling them over, just be pulling them over, I don't know. I just feel like you should give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. That's all I'm saying when it comes to that. Just to clear on what you're asking, man, what you're saying is like in this scenario, what we're kind of assessing is like whether the cop should act, have access to the information of the person to pull over, right? Like that's kind of the first part of this. Right. And the second part of it is that if if you're if you give the figure a complete unknown, like it's a profile picture without a profile picture in it. Yeah, it's the gray circle with a little like outlet of a guy. Like that's how you get mm. to see of this person. Mm. Yeah. So what you're saying is if they have the, all these prior experiences of having to deal with like terrible people, they're going to assume the unknown is always a bad person, like in a, in, a, in a potentially, or they're going to think always naively, like, Oh, I'm approaching nobody because it's nobody. It's just another citizen. I'm safe when it potentially could be a hazard. So like the unknown is like a more dangerous situation in a sense. Like, what do you really do? Like you said, like your mother-in-law's walking at night. So if she continues to go, like you said, is she brave or is she just her innate feeling is, Oh, they're just people. They're good people. Or is the thought of like, everyone's dangerous. I'm going to go to the other side of the street and walk past because I have no idea whether good or bad. I think they're bad. Right. I mean, her answer was just, she would go a different way. Yeah. You know, and I'm a man, so I'm brave. I'm going to go for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I think there's something there because it's more, I think your, um, your prior experiences are going to make you assess that situation differently. The rookie cop is going to go to the unknown person as their civilian. But the experienced cop may be like, fuck man, I've been shot at once and I've had people try to stab me. I've had people get violent. So I'm always going to go on air and caution. You have two different opposing views just off of the experience, not necessarily what the person is. But right. in the same thing, if you know who they are and your experience with people of color has been nothing but terrible, you're going to assume even if it's Brandon a good person or Chewy a good person, boom, they're already a bad person. Yeah. It, it takes away the unknown factor and puts in a factor that you don't, it may not even be true. It's, it's un. It's, it's inaccurate. Yeah. Like, is there a right? Is there a right way? Like, I don't think there is. Like, I think that both sides. Like, you can you can sit here and argue that one back and forth. It's either one's dangerous and either one's good. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm sitting quiet because I don't really have a answer <laughs> to that one. I really don't have an answer to it. It's really just it's a it's a choice. It's no wrong or right. It's just red pill, blue pill. Yeah. I was having a conversation with my boys yesterday last night, um, <clears throat> and. Kind of the similar conversation popped up, and uh, I think uh, what he brought up, which was really good too, was the fact that if if he were to put, because I put him in a scenario, I was like, okay, like if you're in a situation where um, it's you or somebody else, like you know, you're, you're basically in order for you to get out of this room, one of you has to die. Only one of you is coming out alive. What's gonna What's it gonna be? It's gonna be you. It's gonna be him. And his response was interesting because I feel like usually when when I've asked that question and given them the ultimatum, it's always been like, "Well, no, me, 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 me." But he was like, "Well, 
I would never put myself in that situation because I know I wouldn't be able to handle it. I know for a fact that I wouldn't be able to choose. So his whole thing in that was saying, like, why would somebody become a cop knowing damn well they, they're not able to pick that? They're not able to make that decision. Shit, that question gave me chills, man. That's a big one. That's, a, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, that was a, it, it, I really didn't have anything to say. Like, I wanted to just, like, to shut up and go home. And it was like, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. I want to leave because you just blew my mind. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, overall, I think it was just like an interesting point. And I think that should that's where the more psychological evaluation comes for cops. Like, you know, because essentially the oath is that they're laying their lives down for us. Yeah, protecting so, and serving. Like, it should never be a question of between you and me. It should always just it be... Always, it should always be you then, always. Yeah, that essentially that's what I got out of my friend's perspective. Um so I thought that was that was pretty interesting too. I mean, a stupid observation on his part now that he can see himself that like I'll never be able to make that decision. Like that, I mean, that's a hard one because my instance, like I'll give myself up. Like I'd rather see someone else live. You know what I mean? But I mean, when you're in that situation, it's probably a lot different. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I'm just gonna exactly. die. You go ahead and live, man. It's totally cool. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's probably not I happening. Saying like I've never really looked. I mean, and not every situation a cop gets into is gonna be that. But and I've never looked at the cop's job as like if I'm always gonna be you right and unfortunately i don't think a lot of cops are that which i don't know if you guys have seen and people especially in this area what happened in ukaipa over the last couple of weeks yeah anybody yeah and if anybody watched the full video my i had frustration through all of it because once again i'm white i'm not racist i'm happy hey guys hello and be super nice that's how i feel <laughs> <from Ukaipa now>. <laughs> but <laughs> but the end of the video of this guy who's fighting for black lives matter is out there protesting um the group of gentlemen who white supremacists or not decided to like start beating the hell out of him a cop pulls up and the guy who's videotaping walks up to the police officer who has his window cracked and is staring at his monitor he's killing the guy why aren't you guys helping him as the guy's still sitting there he's looking at his monitor never gets out of the car to actually go help the guy who's getting the shit beat out of him and i thought in that moment like why is that guy a fucking cop <laughs> like why you literally your job is happening in front of you like protect and serve and you're not doing that thing like literally just like there's no protocol at that point. You don't file a paperwork. You get the fuck out of the car. You go help the guy getting murdered. Right. And he, he waited for another patrol car to come up, and the other patrol car took care of it. Damn. So there's that instance of that person who did not ask that question. Yeah. No, I I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it. I think based on the couple conversations I had yesterday, just the topic in general, it's just it's hard to even discuss. Um, I think it's hard because it, it's it's hard to even be able to think about what the other side goes through because what one side is already dealing with is is horrible enough, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you guys have anything else with that? I kind of do. Um, I think uh, I agree with Brandon on the benefit of the doubt thing now, uh, because in the same scenario that we were talking about before about the whole park thing, where I kind of I really didn't have a uh, a decision on whether you choose a different path or keep going because it's just it's a decision that an individual makes. But the unfortunate outcome of that, and I'll just give you a scenario: a white cop. Um, 
the the people the whoever the shadow that was shadowy figures were saying say they were good people um they were black but he you know didn't give them the benefit of the, the of the doubt and unfortunately he shot them they're dead the news will come on and people will go on in life and the unfortunate part about it is they'll chuck it up to be you know what um these they were good but we know that area to be bad, so you you really didn't have a choice. Uh, but let the same cop be white, and then those two individuals be white as well. That scenario, that cop probably will get some kind of punishment because of who they were. And in, when it comes to us and what this whole thing is about, is we're not given the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases. And um, when it comes to the news outlets, it's just, you know, or when it comes to the cops telling that cop who may have shot the, uh, the, the individual, you know, like I said, is that area is known for bad people, that those two guys were good, but you know, it was a, it was a choice you made and it just gets swept under the rug kind of situation. Hmm. So you're feeling like, even like in this scenario, like a cop, like even like, more past like the situation of like uh, having benefit of the doubt of meeting the person is the benefit of the doubt of what the situation was afterwards. Like basically once the per person of color is killed by a police officer, regardless of good or not, there's this lack of understanding. So they fit the narrative of what America immediately thinks of people of color. So they like just dismiss it. It's whatever, it's justified. But it happens to a white person. And then once again, there's no thought of good or bad. They're just this non-person of color. So it's not justified. And they're actually going to go through and try to prosecute. Like that's what you're seeing. That's what I'm saying, exactly. That's yeah. interesting. Wrong, man. Because I never thought about it past, like, I, I, I'm talking about it, like, yeah, this, like, thought of, like, who's this person I'm walking up to? Like, should they know? But even afterwards, like, how does media see that person after, like, all these decisions have been made? And in a lot of situations like that, when you read, especially when you read the, uh, the, the, the topic or whatever, it will bring up, a negative narrative about the person who was killed when they're Definitely. of color. Definitely. It always they always want to paint that narrative first so they can make it sweep it on the rug and make you 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 don't feel sympathy as a viewer because you've gotten that negative <clears throat> perception of them. Oh, but let it happen to someone else. Oh, this man was this and he was a, a humanitarian. It's like, oh, you feel bad for it. And then there that's when you know America pours its heart out. Which is funny you bring that up too, because humanitarian probably did things just as terrible as the person that did bad things. Like people innately do good and bad things in their life, like mm -hmm. conscious or unconscious. That's just human nature. Like we're here to learn. So saying that humanitarian is perfect was a lie, and saying the bad person was innately bad was a lie. Like they're both inaccurate. And that goes back to what you said, Mason. Like um, in regards to when the people get charged, it could have been a simple just peeing in the park, but then you become a sex offender. It could have been that, and like, oh, he, this man yep. was a sex offender, and the cop killed him, and da da da. But it was a simple piss in the park. <laughs> exactly. You never know what they actually did. Like, yeah. Now we got one crazy justice system, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a complete understatement for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not fair. Um, so, moving along. Um, I guess something that we talked about last last time on the previous episode, um, it finally happened to me, and it's something that I've actually 
actually talked to Brandon about um, was about my my friends or family uh, sort of checking me for not posting anything. Not shit. And uh, that threw me off completely. So just to kind of share that with you guys. <clears throat> um, again, yesterday. <laughs> Everything happened yesterday to me, apparently. Uh, I was having a car. Again, the conversation was with my mother-in-law, but it wasn't my mother-in-law who, who brought this up. It was actually my wife who uh, who would come in and chime in every once in a while uh, as the conversation kept going. And uh, I don't know if if just based on, like, emotion, um, just because, I mean, this is a sensitive topic in general. You know, it doesn't matter what side you're you're trying to discuss whether you're being for black lives matter or you're being for uh the cops it's it's just it's even hard to just find like a mutual common ground but overall uh some of the remarks that my wife said she's like well i mean you should you should be supporting it i don't understand why you don't support it um and just kind of keep going and throughout throughout her whole spew of things she mentioned that she sometimes doesn't even feel safe sleeping next to me, which completely threw me off because this just happened recently with, you know, uh, at least more more recent with uh, Black Lives Matter stuff. And that that hurt in a sense because it's like, I mean, you're my wife. Like how... How can me not posting something on social media make you feel unsafe by sleeping next to me? And overall, I guess like that was just my my overall fear, and in everything. So, do you have any justification behind it? Like why she correlated the two? Well, like I said, I was so yesterday. I was trying to like how I just we just explained right now, like how how what cops deal with. You know, and how the situations kind of come about, and I was explaining that to my mother-in-law, and you know, my my wife, she's she's very emotional, so she's just like, no, like, like it's Black Lives Matter, this, this, and that. Like, you should be you should be supporting, you should be doing this. This is what we're doing. Like, this is part of your family. And overall, like, I've always just kind of been a person of. I don't like to be one-sided. In general, like I like to know all kinds of possibilities, whether, and it's not, like I said, it's not to justify anything. It's just, I like to know, you know, I don't want to just come across as, this is, this is my way and that's it. Like, no, there's multiple ways. There's multiple reasons, stuff going around. So you got some correlation about Oscar. If devil, if devil's advocate was a person. Awesome. <laughs> he is that man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, if, if it's easier to explain that way, well, yeah, I'm a devil's advocate. So, um, so basically all she was saying is that, without with she's feeling like you're not standing behind her 100 percent right now yeah and because you're not just saying like boom this is like how i feel like black and white this is how i feel and because of that she's feeling like you're not there for her like you don't have her back like that's like sleep next to you isn't safe like that way but i think i've made it very clear that i'm not against the movement i support it i just didn't post anything on social media and like i don't know i i think i've always kind of had issues too with with what I believe, right? I don't know, but like I feel like she's not 
too open-minded. And then she is very emotional about the situation, which in, in all right, she should be. But I think there's a difference between being emotional and being informed. And I don't think both of those are all the way in. So it's hard for me because it's like, I mean, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to look at it in a more logical way, in a sense. I'm just going to go there. Oh, I'm just going to go there. Yeah, like I'm just trying to look at it logically, and, and that's just what it is. And I maybe I can't accept emotional responses right now. Like I, I'd like which to. Is like, which is like a lot of what you see right now, too. Which is what? I'm sorry? It's a lot of what you're seeing at the moment. Like a lot of people's responses right now are very emotional. Like they're emotionally driven. Like. Yeah, and and like I said, like I I want, I'd like to have logical responses because just by you telling me this is how I feel right now and not being open to to other possibilities, it's kind of like what's going on. Like you really are just closed minded on this subject, and and I don't know. So basically, to this to this part, it's like there's been some some conversations about it's not all white people, right? But the way that I'm seeing it, if, if I were to tell her that, she would be like, no, it is all white people. I'll come meet her, man. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make that sacrifice. <laughs> I'll do that for you, brother, right? <laughs> right. No, that's fine. You can come over anytime, man. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, I guess, I don't know. I don't even know how to feel about the situation. Like, over, I guess I was pretty hurt about it. Um, I, I, good. I feel, we're in similar situations, though, as you know. Yeah. You know, we, we deal with very highly emotional women in our life. Um, and I think in this these situations, obviously, you're already having a conversation with somebody else. You know, your, your lady, she has a very emotional, traumatic kind of feeling about the situation. So she has her emotional reaction. She gives you that, you know, I don't feel safe. I don't really know. I can't really tell you if she means it or not, but I feel in that situation, like it's kind of hard. We're super logical people, man. And I battle with this every single day, man. But we got to pick and choose our, 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 our areas to, to feel, to feel logical and kind of cater to their emotion, even when it, it doesn't really make sense. I understand, you know, you, you want to look at both sides in a situation, but, you know, the conversation you guys were having, she wasn't up for that type of conversation. She wanted you just to have her back. See where you, she where she's coming from, sympathize with her and have her back. I know it's very hard to do that, but I feel like there's times where we have, we have to cater to that. And then when, when the opportunity presents itself, you guys are having this kind of conversation, you can, you can bring up those, those kind of, um, logical you know statements or argument that you want to make and hopefully she's able to understand you or maybe if you got a craft like hey babe i have your back regardless but this is just how i'm feeling about the situation i hope you can respect that and then go about it that way but obviously the the conversation you're having with your mother-in-law and her hearing it and kind of getting going up going up in arms with it i i feel didn't help the situation right so i understand you being hurt by it but I don't know. I just maybe maybe if there's a there's an opportunity for when she's not being emotional for you to have that type of conversation. 
Right. And then just and, and just be there for her, even if you don't feel it, man. Like you don't like you you feel where she's coming from, and like, but you you want to support her at the end of the day. Well, that's the thing though. It's like I yeah. I, again, I I know where she's I know, coming it's hard from. For you. Yeah, yeah. I know where she's coming from. I mean, she's like I don't know if I shared this last time, but she um she's been a victim of like white supremacy racism mm. you know and she, my daughter's been there at the same time that that's happened to her so i understand her her negative feelings and actually being close-minded on that end you know because of something traumatic that traumatic that she's experienced um but then back it was in it, it, it it's not that i didn't i don't understand where she's coming from or that i don't feel her pain it's just that now you're really after like years of not only being there for you in every aspect that you know that our relationship has faced this one thing that has to do with social media you're questioning or you're questioning your own safety as if I've I've ever intended to do any harm to you obviously that logic don't make sense but it, makes it right sense and it though. doesn't but and <laughs> And that's, it, makes, but, it makes it makes no sense, me, but I want to sense. Go ahead, Chewie, defend your sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that, but I I think the issue is um how you're thinking of it as something as small and minimal as social media. She's thinking of it if it's so minimal and small. What is the big point of not posting something? You said at the beginning that you do believe in it. Um. And the the and we and I think we kind of touch bases on what the movement really means. And you said you were behind it. So I and I just personally feel like if it's something that people don't post, it, I think they're putting too much into what the, their followers are going to think about it. Definitely. Okay? Me and I and have I this think, conversation. And so for that, I'm like, you know, you have a wife who's half black. Like I I I'm not married, but if that's your wife. That means your babies have black or she has partial black in her. I don't see the issue in posting it. I just think it, it all stems from what you think the other people will think of you posting it. But yeah, that's my it, personal opinion on it. Like it's tied into that to, I think, more of a minimal degree on that end. Like Brandon, like Brandon said, we discussed this and I've had... I don't know if it's like pride on my end or not, but even like, I, I guess I, I kind of hate being on a trend and as, as insensitive as I might sound, cause obviously this black lives matter movement shouldn't be a trend, but I mm -hmm. just can't help but to see it that way with people that are kind of just jumping on the wan on the bandwagon, you know? And, and it's unfortunate because I don't feel like I have the capability to, to really just take in the what people are posting and and viewing as genuine, unless I'm having these type of conversations with people, where like you see it's all performative, like all of it. What happened? You see it like performative, like social media, like that's what you're saying. Yeah, right. And yeah. that's yeah. my issue. Like even with Nipsey Hussle died, like I wasn't on that. I mean, first of all, I didn't listen to the guy like that. So hearing that didn't really like like bother me, but. You know, I see how much it bothered everybody else. And then all of a sudden, everybody was a Nipsey Hussle fan. You know, um, yeah. when Kobe died, all of a sudden, everybody was a Kobe fan. And that's my issue. Like, I don't want to be part of hypocrisy. Like, I don't I want to jump on a bandwagon. That's not who I am. The only rebuttal I have to that, oh, 
is this situation does affect you. No, it does. But again, that, 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 that's, where it, that's where it's different. You say it's a trend, but this situation does directly affect you. So that's why I feel that's where the hurt comes from on the on the side of of your wife because it directly like like Chewy said your daughter is part, partially black your lady is half black Black Lives Matter that's that's what they, they that's what your lady feels um right a part of so it directly affects you being not being a Kobe fan I get where you're coming from not listening to Nipsey I get what you're coming from you saying it didn't directly affect you I get that yeah but this does directly affect you yeah. So I, I feel that that's that's where her pain and and her frustration and 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 the emotions come from because it directly affects you. Even if you want to look at it from the logical side, and yeah. I totally agree with you. You know I'm a hobby back when it comes to logic. Yeah, that's yeah, we no doubt. Clicking, but I do see the emotional side as well. No, I uh, the, but it, it, see even then too. It's like well, you and I talked about this. Yeah, like I gave Brandon a scenario of. <clears throat> like with illegal immigrants, right? If if Brandon didn't know me and a couple other people that are in his life, you know, I asked him the question, how involved would you be? And Brandon Brandon's a pretty honest guy. Like he he said that if if he had not known us, he probably wouldn't be as involved, but he still educated himself enough to at least know a little bit of behind what the illegal immigration stuff was going on. But as far as for me, as I said before, like, I would never be upset for somebody not supporting me. I would never question that based on this one thing. I mean, I think it's more the personal interactions that make me be more clear with people and understand where they're coming from. Um, and just kind of going back into my wife, like there's a lot of things that aren't to this scale of importance but there's a lot of things that i do in my life that my wife does not support me in and i've never questioned her love or her care for me i'm not saying like oh man like you're just wanting me to fail like you're not supporting me never have i done that but if you did if i did then i think i would be able to relate more to her but because i haven't done so it's a little bit harder for me to swallow that that's where your lot the logic and the emotion comes into factor. Yeah. You're not a very emotional person. Yeah. So you can't re- relate to what she's going through. Even if you feel as though like something you're doing and she wasn't supporting you and 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 you had an emotional reaction to it because she didn't support you, you would think you would be within your, your rights because that's your wife. Yeah. You would you would like- be within your rights to to have an emotional reaction that she's not supporting you. You would be within your rights. Would it be? Actually, I want to point out it's oh, happening right now. Go ahead. Like you feel a little bit emotional right now, but she's not supporting your logic. And I think that sounds like kind of like be aware of, man. Like you feel a way about mm. the way she's feeling towards you right now, and she feels a way the way about your feeling. Like you guys are like in the same situation. Like mm. unfortunately, I might have been on her side, man. She's she's in her right feeling emotional. You know what? I'm gonna end the call right now. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna end it right, right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> know, this is a this is a badgy party of oh. No, I see you because I mean, I definitely on Oscar's side now. When I first saw this going down, I'm like, I'm not a trendy person. I'm not jumping on the bag wagon and just go post some black right, square, no. whatever. You know, that, that's stupid bullshit. Like, and I see it the same way he does it. It doesn't, it means something, but it doesn't mean something. You know what I mean? Like, posting a, like the black square to me really got me. And I think that was the day I posted because, like, if you're going to post, be genuine, man. Like, let it come from your heart and, like, 
don't be performative. Like say what you really mean right now. Like mm-hmm. if you really do care about this, do it. Um, I think like you're breaking the cardinal rule, man. Happy wife, happy wife. Like, <laughs> man, <laughs> somebody trying joking, to go there. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I think like what Brandon said, I it kind of hit me. It kind of struck a chord because what he's basically saying is it's not just your wife that's being emotional right now, man. Like that as a group, like people of color are like they're emotional right now because they're not being hurt. Like, right. and they're feeling like what he just said, like anybody who has logic right now, you kind of got to shut up and just leave your logic alone and just be there for them emotionally. And just like in a, in a month, we can all talk about logic. We can make plans to make this all right, right. And do whatever it is. But right now there's this emotional cry of like, dude, this shit is fucked up. Everybody stop and like, please just hear us. Like, just see that we are hurt. We're struggling. Like, whatever this is, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's all it really is. That's what this movement's about. It's not about the trend. It's not about these. And it's not a trend. It's, it's this it's is this true, like, enough's enough. Right. The yeah. analogies um kind of threw me off though because one analogy that comparison you're saying she doesn't support you and what you want to do, what she's asking you isn't something she's doing. It's something that's happening, and that those analogies really didn't um they weren't good. I'll say because one was more personal to what you wanted to do as to what's happening to a whole culture. No, you're absolutely right. It There's it was just more to to show support in general. Because um, I did state the fact that it, they're not in the same realm of magnitude. Like obviously, one's different than than my own personal stuff. But what I was trying to correlate is, even if it was personal, I wouldn't be in the position to to judge anybody or to be upset or question them for not being a part of that. Um. So that that was more my correlation to it, because that's the only thing that I can put as an example on that. Um. So, yeah, it's rough, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is rough. You know what I mean, like you definitely you're you're a strong person. How you feel about stuff, and I like that's why we're all having this conversation right now because you're the way you are. You know what I mean? Right. No, but, but I, I even told Brandon, I was like, dude, like, because we had this conversation like in private, and I and you know, kind of, I think we had the conversation what like three times, B. Yeah, probably, probably more. Yeah, probably more. And the last conversation, you being, really, it, you being really emotional about it, man. Me? <laughs> I'm joking, bro. I'm joking. <laughs> no. So with B, like we have the conversation about like plenty of times. And the last time we had talked about it, I told him I, was, I told him that if you want to go protest, bro, like tell me, I'll go with you. Like I have no problem going. Like that's me supporting you. Like I'm not embarrassed to be out there. I'm not embarrassed to chant. You know, but I think it's it's different. Like. If you want me to support you, then let's go do it. Right? Like the first thing that you that you said in the last last episode was, you know, you weren't sure exactly what what hap- what your post did. Yeah. You know? And I wanna basically know that I'm I'm there. I'm on the front lines. I'm there with everybody showing that I'm supportive. Cause if it's about visuals, what better visual than to be up there in front? I think we live in a different society now, too, man. I think that a virtual protest on your phone is almost equivalent to going out there and standing there with a sign now, man. Like, you may hit more people posting on your social media than you stand out in the street with a sign anymore. So, I don't know. Post yeah. for your wife, man. If she wants you to do it, post for your wife, man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it means something to her. You know what I mean? I think what, what, like, I think whatever it is right now, whatever people of color are asking for like it doesn't matter what you are it just like 
help, man. If that's what they see as help, help. Like it's not our call to say what's helping. Yeah, yeah. I, I can and agree I, with and, that. And, and like I said, like I said in the last podcast, when it comes to the optics and maybe let's say we weren't as close as we were. Oh, but you know, we did commingle from time to time and you went out to protest. I never saw that. You never posted about it. Yeah. Um, you know, how would I know what you were doing? Even if you have, you know, boots on the ground, you were, you were out there. How would I know what you were doing? You know what I'm saying? So I think you being able to post on social media, you're able to reach more, like, like Mason said, you're able to, you know, get di- different type of interactions with people or show you know, the support on a different level. Even though I, I get what you're saying, because we have the conversation about you want, if, you, if I wanted to, you know, ask you to come with me, you'll come with me. Honestly, like I told you, I didn't know that you would even do that because of the stance you were providing. Right. I wasn't aware that you would even be about that because you are a person of, you know, like being an advocate, you like looking at both sides. Yeah. So you would even though we're like, you like, you like my, one of my best friends, you're like a big brother to me. Even though I, I respect your feelings and the way how you think, I didn't never, I would never think that you would, uh, you know, go out there and protest with me um, because of your stance and, and how you spoke about the situation. Yeah. Um, but it is good to know. It is good to know. Um, but like, like Mason said, man, you're able to hit more people in this day to day of social, social media. Um, and like he says, even if it's not affecting the whole wide world, it's affecting somebody. Like it, even though, you know, what Mason posted, it, it probably didn't hit too many people, but. No. Yeah. It affected me. I felt the support from him. Yeah. I felt that support. It, 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 it showed me that I wasn't alone in the situation, even though, you know, I'm not as vocal as everybody else in the world, or every, every black person, but seeing that shows me that, Hey man, you got my support, even though I can't relate. I'm gonna support you, and what you what you got going through, uh, what you go um have going on. Right. So that's real though, because that's exactly how I felt with my friends who were posting things that weren't black, and I seen that they were posting things like I li- literally I was like I felt the love, and so I agree with that, Brandon on that. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see on that, boys. I mean. Uh, All right, oh, we didn't mean to be against you, man. <laughs> no, no, no. You see, now, now I'm like in a conundrum because it's like, if I were to post something now, it's like, I feel like I would be questioning how genuine that would be. Honestly, I, I take, I'm really, what I wanted to tell you is don't feel bad about that because I feel like you just needed to do it in a different way. And I think that this podcast was your particular way of explaining your point of view on it and maybe why you didn't post. You're not alone. To add on to that, you no, you're not bad. alone, man. I think, you're not alone. I think break that cycle. Let's open it up for people. It's not hypocrisy. It's not breaking down what you care yep. about. It's actually realizing, like, okay, like I wasn't against it, and I know I'm for it, and now that I really know it and it's genuine, like, say something. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's Teach other point. people to still no, speak yeah, but up. Like, this isn't over. This isn't over yet. Right. No. Like, I mean, like you said, like this is this is our platform, and and that's why like I wanted to be able to have an open discussion with everybody that's involved. Um, I mean, we we all different represent different ethnicity groups, um, so there mm-hmm. was going to be a, a moment where we have different views and different opinions about the situation, um, and you know sometimes maybe clear some stuff up so that a lot of the 
the misconceptions out there um, can be addressed mm-hmm. on that end. Um, like B and I, before we started the first episode, we wanted to kind of come up with, with what we wanted to get out of that episode. Mm-hmm. And the first one was to mainly um, bring to light what the Black Lives Movement matter really is to the black community. Um, obviously based on, on what the media represents tells you otherwise, right? Tells you that it's a, it's a black and white or black versus white thing or a black versus cops things. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I wanted to get that clarification. And then on this episode, um, it's still more to like address some of the, some of the arguments and some of the situations that, you know, a lot of black lives matter people have faced overall. Um, so moving moving into that, um, or actually moving forward because I'm tired of you talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send you my bill. I feel attacked. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> um, so I guess it, it's important for us to to continue to to talk about the people that have recently lost their lives. Um, more recent, I guess. More recently has, I don't know, I haven't found his name yet, but the guy who got shot at Wendy's. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about that one, but if you guys no. haven't. Um, yeah. Let's, I guess maybe like, let's address Robert Fuller, who is the gentleman that got found hung in uh, in Palmdale in a tree. Um, let's hear your theories, boys. Let's see what's going on with that. Or do you guys know? Should I talk about it first? Or just oh, yeah, address address it if you don't know about it. Y'all okay. people don't know about it. <clears throat> okay. It. For those of you that don't know, Robert Fuller was a black male who was found hung, uh, I believe, what, Wednesday? I think. I'm not too sure what day. I saw, I saw the article, Tuesday, but Wednesday. I'm not sure. Yeah, like yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday of earlier this week. And um, the crazy part about it is that an autopsy came out and basically said that um, it was suicide. Autopsy hasn't come out. There's oh, it was speculation because the article the that I read said like autopsy something. So that's why I keep saying that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it, it, automatic speculation that it was no foul play. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. They don't think that um, that somebody did it. They think that he did it to himself. The The thing that I asked Brandon, um, and I might be wrong for saying this, but I'm not sure exactly how educated uh, the black community is within its own history. And the reason why I say that is because I don't think any, any, uh, black male knowing what they know about racism would consciously hang themselves from a tree because that signifies something. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I didn't know that it was even potentially, I mean, my first assumption is that there was some racist bullshit going on when I saw that. So, I agree with you, man. Like, who would do that in the right mind? But like, what? Like, I'm, I'm, so I'm baffled by like all this right now. Right. Sorry, but. I mean, suicide. Yeah, it happens. It's. I don't. I. I haven't looked it up. I don't know statistics based on race. You know, the percentage of black males or black females or Hispanic males, whatever. I don't. I don't know the statistics, but I really. It's hard for me to believe that somebody of black descendancy or who is black is willingly going to hang themselves in front of a government building. Other than 
I, I mean, like this sounds horrible. Like, is, who who is Robert Fuller completely? Is he? Uh, it sounds terrible. I don't I don't want to come off wrong, but like, is he a wise enough individual to know that he's symbolic enough to be more of a catalyst into the movement, and that's his his ploy in this? Or is this that's like, that's what we don't know, and that's my question in general. Like, I don't know how well educated people are within their history, and I'm not that well educated within my own history. So, if I were to assume. I would say very few people know what the significance of that is. I don't know if people know what burning a cross in your front yard means. I don't know if they know what a burning of a cross really means. You know, so it just, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can help shed some light. Maybe we can hit a different perspective. I don't know. I, I, it, it's a hard situation in general. And the <laughs> the conspiracy theories out there are are saying that this was done on purpose because they need this to be more distracting um, to do place other things on agendas. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? To add to the conspiracy, there's another uh, black individual, Malcolm Harsh, who was hung in front of a library in Victorville, California, so 50 miles away from uh, Robert Fuller. Recently? Recently? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this not is to a be time. conspiracy, but you know. And then there's uh, another black woman who was hung. I don't know where though, but there was three individuals that were hung within a week. Okay. See, I think Brandon, this is a time where you need to share what your uncle told you. Oh, well, um, I don't know if it was blown out of proportion or not, or if they have facts that they just haven't brought to the media yet. But um I'm just going to say that my uncle is, he's, you know, he's in law enforcement, like I say, where to protect his identity. But there was a possible lynch mob um, identified by uh, witnesses. And there was wind of it in the um, in Empire area. Um, so I don't know if this has any correlation to that. Uh, but that's all the information he gave me. So he just told me to keep my keep my head on the swivel and you know stay safe. Um, so that was basically. I, I I don't know if that has any correlation to what's going on, but there was a possible lynch mob sighting. Um, and, what yeah. fucking era do we live in anymore, man? Yeah. Jesus. You about to get up, Mason? <laughs> I don't even. Do, I, I have no words right now, man. I don't even want to talk anymore. My people are horrible. Um, I just I don't know, man. That's crazy. I, I can't. A three cannot be coincidental. There's no way right. that three people decided randomly, like, "Hey, I'm black. I'm gonna go hang myself in front of a government building." Like, that doesn't. Or at least two. I don't know about the third or whatever. That doesn't happen. Like, that's not life. Like, I don't know, man. I literally don't have words for the situation right now. It seems like it's es- like, like it seems like it's escalating, and like I want to see things get better. And it's one of those, like, does it get worse before it gets better again? So like, there's. You know, your same thoughts, Mason, is what I've been going through all morning. And it was the conversation me and Oscar had and why I decided to stay at home and do this was because I was mentally drained. And then that caused me to be physically drained because I'm like, I get that there's not going to be change immediately. But during this, we have three hangings. Like, are you kidding me? During this time, we have three hangings. That's aggression, right? That I was just like, wow. It hasn't got like national media attention yet, but yeah. Oh, it's out there. It's all over yeah. uh, social media. I haven't media. seen it personally. 
So I know I know some social media. I've seen on social media, but I haven't seen like on a news. Like on news. Like on news. You know what I'm saying? Got me. Where's it at? Like on the on the shade room or something? I I saw an article. I saw an article. Seeing, I think I I forgot which one. Shade room was one. Um, TMZ may have been another. I have a few little news outlets I follow. So ways yeah, I saw the Ma- good. The Malcolm Harsh one I saw was on about. Show. One, one how's not being talked about? How's it not being talked about in media? Like I think that's another thing that should be definitely recognized right now. Is that, that's significant, man. Like that's is race racially symbolic as you can get for our past, man. Like that's like one of the worst crimes. That's like an atrocity to like people of color. You know what I mean? Like hanging right. somebody, especially for no crime, was like like very few things were worse than that. And like how are we not going to talk about that, that regardless if it's somebody suicidally trying to make the symbol of what America still is, or if it's actually happening, like if it's actually happening, we say that needs to be discussed. That needs to be brought to attention. Like the fact that NASCAR pulled the Confederate flag out of the, the, their assembly and their stuff. That's great. That's awesome. But why should not be backed by like, Hey, this happened, but this is still ongoing. That's why this is happening. Like mm-hmm. justify the fact that NASCAR pulled that shit out, like justify these places, talk about this stuff, but show that this is like, this is serious, guys. Like people are losing their lives for nothing. Mm-hmm. I think the, the controversial uh, controversy behind those hangings is like this automatic assumption by uh, police that it's just a suicide. Um, which, look, when it comes to these type of situations, you got to obviously add that in there. Suicide is very prevalent in our in our in our society. Um, so auto- obviously, automatic, you know. I've had a friend who, you know, passed away or took his life um, via hanging. It was within his own home, but, you know, I ex- I've experienced that. But I'm not too privy about people being hung, you know, on trees. Maybe I, I just haven't heard it, but it, there's not too many instances of, instances of, of people hanging from trees, you know, killing themselves. Not that, in that this I'm privy time. to. That I'm, that I'm privy to. Not in this uh, time. Definitely in the yeah. history book. For sure, for sure. I'm, I'm worried. In this time, I I can admit that too. Not in this for time. Sure. And I, I talked to oh the only other, you know, society that I've heard that recently was I think Japan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like a, a suicide forest. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people who have <laughs> that been you know they that hang themselves from trees. So I know about that, but outside of that, I'm I'm not too privy of. Uh, people just hanging themselves, you know, by themselves. On yeah. Right. You know, so. Yeah, no, I mean, hopefully they can get a good autopsy and uh, and find signs of struggle, you know. But at the end of the day, I guess the bigger question is, if worst case scenario, they, it is what, it, what we believe it is, where do we go from there? It's going to be bad. Do you think like rioting's bad now, man? Like if that's a whole other situation. That's yeah, I think bad. at that point that's a real message that's trying to be sent out. Because they send in the okay, so I'm not trying to make this about race, but there have been a lot of you know anti uh, protests, anti um, Black Lives Matter, just anti everything that's going on. This whole movement anti, and they're sending signals. You know, people yeah. are getting fired for those signals. People reenacting the George Floyd situation and having their knee on somebody. 
Um, so it's it's there's people out there that are trying to send a message that we don't fuck with you and we don't fuck with this movement and fuck you know this protest. So I'm I'm not trying to just go automatically there about this situation and and and, and mentally drain myself because I I I I am in the same boat as um, my boy Chewy, but people are trying to send messages when it comes to this protest because they are just anti it. They don't understand it or they just, you know, they, they hate the movement. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities I'm trying to get down to in, to try, in terms of trying to send a message. Yeah. That was my, that was my knee jerk reaction to it, man. As soon as I thought, I was like, oh my God, we were like, we're really lynching people. Like, I didn't like, I'm gonna use the word lynch because that's, that's not even no, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what it was. Like, I'm not saying that's what, what it was, but that was exactly where my mind went. Uh, right. Yeah, and then like I think that's that's the scary part, really, because if it's been happening two times after that, it's like then who's next type of thing. Well, especially so close. I don't know about the third one, but if you have two within fifty miles of each other, man, like anybody who lives here in California knows, like that jump in your car and you're there sixty minutes, man. That's nothing. Right. Yeah. That's not, it's not hard. That's not like Southern California, Northern California, you know, eight hour distance. No. That's you know. Get our drive. Someone could live in the middle of the two, man. It's a half hour distance from both of them. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to address something for you guys. Uh, so last week, too, they took down statues. Oh, yeah, a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, why do you think they did that? And what significance does that represent? Who want to go first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go because I probably have the least to say about it. Um, okay. What does it do? It, I mean, it, it. I think it's just based off what those statues represented. And even I don't know, I still kind of had to research some of the statues because I was like, well, I knew they existed, but I mean, I didn't pay too much attention to them but i guess it was just for the things that the stat who the people were it represented what they did and if you have a statue you kind of in a sense were honoring and you believed in everything that they did in a sense um i guess it's a step forward i mean as far as what it's gonna do it's a step forward in the representation of who the black people see i guess i i don't know the view america has to be I really don't know. I don't have much to say on that subject. I've I've a little bit more. Okay, so there's a, a a large Confederacy removing um uh, kind of movement going on right now. So a lot of these people who are being removed are people who are a part of the Confederacy. You see NASCAR removing you know the Confederate flag. Um, a lot of these statues like Virginia, uh, I think of Robert E. Lee. You know, some these are all people, just some, some in DC, yeah, <laughs> for sure, like, with our own read. capital, with our own capital. We have yeah. bases that are in question that, you know, our government wants to get removed um, that were, are named after Confederate generals. Um, so I think that's where it's coming from. And, you know, what I want to bring awareness to is these you know, representative, these people who are part of the Confederacy, they were against America. 
they succeeded from America and wanted to continue slavery. That was their backing. They hated that America was moving to end slavery and they succeeded. And, you know, I think it's very contradicting when you have Americans that are just so gung-ho and trying to wave this flag around. Like, it makes no sense. The, the, these people were, were shooting their guns. This flag is, is a direct representation of going against our American flag. So mm -hmm. when you have them together, you are contradicting. That's a signal of contradiction. You know, they were, were totally against America and, and what they were moving towards and, and, and trying to end slavery. And I think that, that, that needs to be put for, first and foremost in this situation of, of this movement. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's contradicting. Um, but I think it's like, why is it taking so long for this to happen? The, the Confederacy is a huge sign of racism and, 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 and what they, how they looked at African-Americans or just Africans at that point, you know, because mm -hmm. they weren't considered Americans. Um, and when it comes to, I think, I think I heard this from someone on social media and it's like, how can you ex expect these African-American soldiers to go to these Confederate named bases and not feel a type of way about it? Like they, you know, I feel like the media is trying to, or our president is trying to use the significance of it winning, uh, those bases winning wars. And it's, I don't understand the, the correlation, you know, these people represented people that are, these bases represent the, the, the stain on our history, you know, our, the Confederate flag represents a stain in our history. It shouldn't be a part of our culture. Um, Can I play devil's advocate for you for one second? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You probably got more information I, than me then. I'm just I, giving I what I had. I feel a couple ways about it. I agree with what you're saying. Like, there's this representation, like, we're glorifying, like, racism in America and then yeah. by, like, representing these people. But, like, yeah. I, I think if they were represented the right way, because I think I, it's hard. There are some people throughout our history, like, if you look at Ben Franklin, man, he was not a good person. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? But George Washington, Thomas things. Jefferson, yes. own slaves. Incredible things for America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so... I think the representation of history needs to be more accurate. And that's like what the one thing we got to focus on the most, man, because if it was put up, like we made the statue and said, Hey, this is what this general did good for America. But we also don't condone all these things that he did. And this is like, we can still like, I don't know if removal of our history is correct either. Like okay. that's what, kind of my thing. Like, I don't think wiping it clean and just going, Oh, it never happened is safe either. You know what I mean? I think that like, we shouldn't glorify these guys or their atrocities, but maybe like, respect them for what they gave to America because we are, the American system is here because of them, systemic or not, you know what I mean, what it is. But if we're going to represent them in a country or even at a base and say their name is still there, then let's say like, hey, this person did this for America, but this base also also represents these bad things that happened in America. Like, we didn't get rid of the places that the Holocaust occurred in, you know what I mean? Like, Auschwitz yeah. and all that stuff still represents what happened there. You go there, you get to see history for what it was. And so I think that's one thing America's done is they kind of swept the bullshit under the rug and like mm. put up the, the trophies of like, here's what we did. Like that, that doesn't give us the true like representation. Picture. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I feel both ways about it, man. It's hard because 
And why why now are people just realizing that these Confederate leaders are great? Like, why wasn't this a thing before? If you felt the way about it, like, why That's are you saying feel. it now? <laughs> just barely. So, I think it's wrong to wipe it away from people because I. It's one of two things, you know. The first part of it is like you discredit everything a person does because they did something bad, even if they did a bunch of good things. Like that's not we're gonna get nowhere in the world that way. You're gonna keep kicking brilliant people to the side just because they're bad people, but they actually have a lot to offer. But the other part is that you don't want to use bad behavior because they can offer you something either. Well, I like, think to add to that, it's like it was, it's viewed bad now, but it wasn't a bad thing then. Because yeah, that's, that's what the culture too. was yeah. at the moment. So yeah. if you if you were to bring them now and really put them in modern times, would the same decision still happen? You know, yeah. it, it's it's about what was relevant at the time of when it was happening. Um, I'm I'm kind of really on on the boat with Mason. Like, it's a part of it's a part of America. You know, it it shouldn't just be completely removed on that end. So uh, I get you guys keep saying that it's a part of America, but they didn't want to be a part of America. Wait, what like, that, that's the only thing that I'm bringing up. As, uh, you guys saying it's a part of our American history. Yeah. But the ironic thing about that is they didn't want to be a part of what America was standing for. I guess what, it still I, should be represented because it shows that America yeah. doesn't stand for that racist bullshit. Like if you're truly an American, yeah. if you truly believe in what America is, America's yeah. land of the free. You come here with zero opportunity, with or zero, you know, zero things in hand, and an infinite opportunity in front of you, man. Like, and it doesn't matter what color of skin you are. That was supposed to be America. Yeah. And I think to show, like, these generals are there. They did good for what, like, the country. Because some of these generals were represented in things that weren't about the Confederacy. You know, they they okay. had some other yeah, yeah. in America. So I think that that needs to be recognized. And then when they try to turn and say, like, we're going to do this terrible shit, America said no. America says, like, you try to come against us. This is what's going to happen. I think that's something important too. Is like. As long as the message that we're trying to represent is correct and it's about freedom and equality and justice, you start saying the other things that don't represent it as much. You know, I'm not about it. I I think just to add to that, it's if we're gonna remove that part of history, I think everything associated with it needs to go out the window as well. So you guys forget. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a removal though. I just don't think they should be glorified in in the form of a statue. That, that part of our history is 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 yes, it needs to be documented. It needs to be talked about. Right, but are be they glorifying it because they're racist or because they own slaves? Or those like, those statues were 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 built, you know. Well, I, I can't really t- say when they were built. No, I know, but so, early. So what is the purpose? And this might be like a dumb analogy, right? Like something yeah. to like kind of laugh at. But what was brought up is like, so then should we remove the statue of Rocky because realistically he beat up black people and a communist. That's what he did. I don't, I don't know if that correlates, but no, I'm just saying know. it's like, that's what he did. But what, what, what was this main statue put on there for? Because you're saying that, they're glorifying these people of things that they've done that are bad. But like Mason said, we don't know the real purpose of why the statues are there. Like if they have a Thomas Jefferson statue, it's because he helped invent electricity and amongst other things. The fact that he had a slave or was a slave owner, is should it be correlated to that? 
my like, a, like when, I, when I when I spoke about uh, the Confederacy, like I said, they they represented a a, a part of um, a country that did not want to end slavery. Repre they it represents racism. It represents the time that we 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 were getting past. I don't when I think of a statue, I don't think of of, of someone. I think of someone being glorified. Okay, being glorified in the things they did. Um, like for 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 players, like uh, if you go to Staples Center, you see uh, Wayne Gretzky, you see Colt or Shaq, you see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They represent, you know, they 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 glorify for the, what they did for the sport. Um, I don't think I'll stop that you they, real they, quick, man. I'm so go, sorry. I'm go ahead. so sorry because I when you talk about the statues of these athletes, yeah. what do you see when you see them? Do you see the amount of points they made in the season? Do you see all those things like every detail, or do you see the symbol of victory? symbol of like dedication like do you, do you see a symbol or do you see stats because i think that's kind of what oscar's point was to rocky is like rocky's up there but we symbolize it as like he's victorious and then but really what he did in oscar's point is that he just beat a black people which is not like what he went like wasn't like he was targeting yeah, yeah, yeah. them but like that's what happened in that movie so are you is the statue of rocky about him being a boxer or is it about him being a victorious person hmm I can see that point. I mean, that's just my thing because it's like, okay, I don't know the players that you mentioned. I don't know if they were yeah, involved yeah, yeah. in scandal, scandalous stuff. Like, I don't know if Shaq was involved in like a cheating scandal or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. based on what America is based on, uh, significantly on religion, cheating is not part of Christianity. So, then should his statue be removed? My idea is like, are we really trying to associate everything that that person did in their entire life, or is it a particular reason why they're up there? I got a better analogy, I think, for you, man. Let's talk about Michael Vick for one second here. Okay, go ahead. If there was a statue of Michael Vick, and we know what happened, and like all this stuff, obviously, be taken down immediately when we heard about the dog scandal, right? Like they'd be like, "Fuck that, take the Michael Vick thing down," right? That was wrong in our society for the time being. But if Michael Vick was an athlete from the 1960s and we found out about the dog scandal now, would we take the statue down? So that's essentially what's going on. Like Brandon said, at that time and place, that was appropriate. So what they were, you know, glorifying was his achievements and didn't view the bad thing as bad. And then too, like, were they really, was it really a racist time? Like I said, that's what they were used to in, in, in that time of life. And I personally think it was based for profit. Like we mentioned before, America was basically founded on slavery, on free labor. So if you go from the possibility of making 100% profit on something and then going to where, like, you have to get rid of your workforce or start paying them, I would I would be upset about that, too. And I would want to keep the things the way that things are. And not because I'm sitting here hating black people, but this is my way of living. Now you're messing with my way of living. Like, like you and I had the conversation that I don't have nothing to back this up with. And I think I talked to it about with Chewy was that I don't think racism started until after slavery ended. Damn, bro. I have never thought about that. I don't mm. think that 
they were there was racism when there was slavery because the fact that they were dehumanized would mean that there's nothing for them to even be upset about. Like, a, calling you whatever I called you was not to be racist. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this because I really hate the color of your skin. It's basically because I don't think anything less of you or anything more of you. Like, this is just what you are. I, I think I got to disagree with you, man, because white people enslaved races as groups. But I think that American, original American culture, like the South and stuff, was kind of kind of built off racism to some extent. Like, we use Chinese people for railroads. We use black people for cotton and agriculture and stuff like that. Like, I feel like racism, racism may have been unconscious. And I think that you're right to say, like, true, like, conscious racism may have started after slavery when they got their their lifestyle taken away from them yeah. but i think there was a subconscious like you don't look the same way i do so you're less than i am which is categorizing somebody upon the race which is still racist you know what i mean and so that's I what i told I, my bad go ahead no you go 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 man what you got that's actually what i kind of told him i said i think it was always a thing but it became more of a definition and a word later um, but it was always, I felt subconscious, like it became something, it just became defined later on in life, what their actions were. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Bro, that's crazy. I've never really thought about that, how the perception of like race and racism is. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's just kind of my whole thing about the, the statue thing. It's, we're removing you it know, based on some of the actions that they've done. But then if, if then we should only really be putting statues of people that have been perfect the entire life. And there's not many of those. Right. So I mean, I understand maybe like the representation that's re- a, removing that's my... Confederate flags. I get that. Yeah. You know, cause I think, I think at that point for the flags, there's no other representation. Like it's not up there to say, Oh, Hey, this is just me telling you that I'm a Southerner. You know, like this no, is this historical is historical stuff. This is right, like, like no, this is a yeah. this is a big flag. It might as well just say I'm racist on it. That's what I think, right? So I I, I agreed when when they were talking about removing the Confederate flags. But you know what Brandon's saying is like there should be representation should be a museum. See the history there and leave the people who should be glorified on the streets. Like put statues of people who like are honorable. Right. I better think honorable is subjective, right? It's like you don't, we're never going to find the perfect person, right? Because even if it's minimal, like, hey, I'm upset at the fact that, you know, you put your, your right shoe on then before you put your left shoe on. <laughs> you know, like people are just always going to disagree with certain things that you do. And in their eyes, it's going to be wrong. So how do you fight that? How do you allow somebody to be virtuous when there's things that, in your life, you just haven't done according to what other people believe. Or are we going too deep in the rabbit hole? You're going to the rabbit hole. Going to the rabbit hole? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> oh, just, we needed to get that one out. Um, so my other question would be is we've talked a lot about people being against the movement. Uh, and you know, mainly not understanding what the movement's for. But I think one thing we haven't talked about is some African-Americans being against the Black Lives Matter movement. 
and really trying to understand their point of view. I don't know if you guys have run into any people like that that basically are going against some people. Against the Black Lives Matter movement or the riots and the, the looting and the, the protest? Mm, I haven't ran into anyone. You haven't ran into anybody? Okay. I, don't know I haven't personally ran into the person, but there's one person I can't like, I have very open to opinions. I try to even expose myself to them as often as I can if it opposes what I view because I think it's healthy. But I don't know if you guys watch Candace Owens at all, like in anything. Yeah. Yep. You guys know who she is? Yeah. She kind of, of rubs me the wrong way, man. And I don't know why. <laughs> and she's been very vocal, obviously, during this whole movement and stuff. And I think she's very like, I think she is anti-BLM. You know what I mean? And I don't necessarily understand it. Like, I don't know. What's your view on that point? Um, since you know, since you've seen her, since you know, who yeah, she yeah, is, yeah definitely, like, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's one I, voice, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's she's a, an equivalent to an outlier, you know. Okay. I feel it, I feel it. Me, um, I don't, I don't know what her objective is by the way she acts. Um, I don't I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of lost in the sauce when it comes to her, man. I, yeah, I, 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 because I, I don't really, she, she doesn't. <laughs> represent you know too many to me, she's just someone there to rile people up yeah she did exactly <laughs> i think i said main but, uh, agenda um yeah because even even during was on joe rogan and she okay. about it. like she doesn't believe in climate change and even joe rogan got like kind of like mad at her man like he actually got a little worked up and it's like you know you have this platform you basically tell people you don't believe in it and then it seems like she's just kind of like there to rile people up over like things they actually care about exactly and I, I don't know her upbringing, but it feels like her upbringing couldn't have been too difficult because it doesn't seem like she understands what, like, disparity is in any sense. Like, she hasn't experienced it herself. And I may be wrong. I may be way off base here. Maybe she experienced worse stuff. But, like, it just seems like she just hasn't had that, like, she hasn't had a bad experience with a white person. You know, like, no one yeah. really treated her in a racist way. And, like, she talked about the black cards and all that stuff. And I was like, have you seen that video? I yeah, I, I saw that video. Oh, oh my. I couldn't watch the whole thing, man. I had to stop. And, like, I watched the whole thing. Times, I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah i actually pulled up an example that one of my friends sent me a video um he's a black guy um i'll give you his name after but um i don't know he might have something to talk about let me know what you guys think it'll be like short not too long hopefully uh you guys can hear it without any problem Star studied list of attendees. 
Is Al Sharpton going to be given all 24 eulogies? Is Tyrese going to show the fuck up looking like a Black Panther? Is that going to happen? Are there going to be more? Are there going to be 24 times the riots? Is there going to be 24 times the destruction and murder over these black lives? Hey, teacher, I know, pick me. Pick me, teacher, pick me. All right, Jericho. Fuck no, there won't. They got it all wrong. You ever tried to follow a recipe and you just don't get it right? You ever made the mistake of using salt instead of sugar? That's what just happened. You got it wrong, Chicago. You fucked up the recipe. The recipe recipe clearly states the killer must be white or this shit ain't right. If the killer looks like you, so fucking what? Nobody cares. That happens too close to the mic. Nobody cares. Seventeen dead on Sunday. What? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, I mean, that was just a small clip. I can send you guys a video individually. It's like a 21-minute video long. But, yeah, thoughts? I, um, the part of me, I mean, I actually, a, a lot of me agrees with him. It sounds like he's, I couldn't hear it, but from what I gathered from it, it sounded like he was talking about black-on-black crime. Yeah. And, um... That's a, I mean, as much as people want to combine the two, that's a separate conversation, but I do understand it. And it kind of drives me crazy as well because it's like from other people's point of view, if we can go out and kill each other, why the hell should we care when a cop does it? Um, The difference is that's their fucking job. They're supposed to. um, I think the difference too is like the, they're not talking about the positions these people are in there is black on black crime, man. Like, I don't think people living in suburbia are excited like, hey, I'm going to go kill my neighbor. I think <laughs> people who are put in these desperate situations of poverty are now, like, violent. Like, they are... Have you ever, like, been super fucking hungry and angry? Like, hangry? Nope. Like, you got people who are starving on the streets, man, and you expect them to act right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're... Yeah, that's that's different. That's not... That's not because they're innately violent. It's because they're put in this shitty situation. You put a white person in the same situation, and you white on white crime. And that's the thing, it happens there. Uh, I think majority of crime that happens is mostly with their own race, within their own race. At least I think that. I don't know the statistics of that either, but I feel like there's black on black crime, white on white crime, brown on brown crime. I think it just happens to each other. And I think he's trying to make, I, I, I get his point, I do, but it's two separate conversations um, because one is, we shouldn't have to it, it, it's just separate um it's separate i think he equates the negative with the negative he's looking at the looting and the and the rioting and he, he sees that and 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 his first re- reaction to that is so what about or he he creates a narrative that that's what black lives matter means rioting looting and he equates that with you know black on black crime um we see that a lot. Well, I, I've seen that a lot. I've seen that argument a lot. Yeah. Okay. And it is so an I, argument. I, it is what? Like, I don't know if, to me, personally, I don't feel like it's an argument. 
um, because he, you know, he didn't rec he didn't present, you know, the peaceful protesting and which that is a large percent of, you know, what's going on right now. Um, and he's just using that those those instances of negativity um, to represent the whole you know movement of Black Lives Matter. And then because of that, like I said, he's equating that with also if you guys are gonna act like that and riot, you know, why aren't you guys bringing up you know black on black crime? But I, I don't know it. and see, and I get that too from it, but I also I think what he's saying is separating the two. Why aren't we out there protesting for our people to stop the crime? And no, I agree. And I so agree. I think um, that's another point. I don't know. I think he's just saying if we can go out here and protest for that. Why aren't we also protesting for ourselves? When he didn't bring up that though. Ourselves? Well, he didn't, I didn't see the whole video. I think I don't know if he did. I couldn't I see the whole video. Okay, it, he, he does. He does talk about the peaceful protest. No, no. Yeah, I, he does. I haven't finished watching the entire thing. He brought something. He he made a point which I kind of gathered where he was saying that you can go protest for this. They want you to protest. He said something like that in it, but I but couldn't really hear it. His initial his initial thoughts were you guys are out here rioting and looting and you know you guys got you know these 84 shootings. So to me he's just equating the two. He's not he's not taking account for the peaceful protest. He, he he's just equating that negativity with another negativity to make his point. To me that's what I, that's what I got from it. Well, I, Which I, I understand, I understand the whole, you know, black on black crime. I get it. You know, it's out there. And I do see where you're coming from, Mason, when it comes to situations where these are impoverished areas. Chicago is, is not the most, it's not a suburban city, you know? Yeah, they don't got like $40. Like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go grab myself a steak dinner. It's not going yeah, down like that. Exactly. They're, they're not in a situation where they are able to, you know, do like others. And I think that needs to be accounted for too. And yeah, it, it, might, it might not be, it might not be their fault. It might, it might be the fact that we did have redlining at one point in our history. And, 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 and there has been situations where their lifestyle has been brought up by their parents and then their parents' lifestyle is brought up by their parents. And, and, well, and, let's change, and let's change the narrative on that too, man, because yeah. you want to talk about systemic issues, man. Okay, you talk about Black Lives Matter with police. A police officer arrests a Black father or kills a Black father. Now you have a single mother who is already in poverty, who can't make ends meet, now lost another income. Now it's not watching her children. Her children are being raised by people who have also had the same situation where their police or the police officer has ruined the family situation. The nuclear lifestyle in like those types of areas are probably slim. So, and it's already like, if you want to look at that, the nuclear lifestyle in general will help a kid regardless of color. You have two parents at home, man, your life is already so much easier to, to sure. accomplish things than if you have one. Right. So it's like, I, I think for people to say that like, the black on black crime is not somewhat correlated to what's going on is like, it, it might even be a bit naive. Like I think they do have a little bit to, to do with each other. And I think that the one is actually attributing to the other. And I think it's the police brutality is attributing to black on black crime, not the other way around. The police brutality is a part of it. And like I said, you know, the, you, you got these racial divides within communities. Um, and this, this was a system at one point. You know, they, they, they wanted to keep certain areas for the ghetto, for the black people mm -hmm. at, at, at one point. Um, and if they're growing up on this and this is being passed down and passed down, you know, you get these type of situations. You get a Chicago where they're, they're, uh, yearly there's, you know, thousands and thousands of shootings and thousands and thousands of deaths. I think it's a trickle effect. I think all the all of the. If you're going to bring up that argument, I feel like you need to bring up everything that involves that. Yeah. I, I get black on black mm -hmm. crime. 
But if you're going to bring up just a black on black crime, you need to bring up the facts that come with it. The, the situations that these kids are, 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 are a part of, you know? So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's people out there that are, you know, same ethnicity that they're against the movement. Um, I just haven't mm-hmm. ran into many of them to mm-hmm. be able to form a, a better, better opinion or, or talk about it more, but for sure. Um, everything needs to be be taken into consideration before, I guess, before you even address that situation in itself. Yeah. Um, I hate to go back, but talking about, um, what was it? Social media. Okay. And talking about, um, I guess. I don't think we talked about that, but I'm going to say publicity or whatever. Um, there was a little bit of a of a division, what I saw on social media. Some people were hating it. Some people were not. Um, about YG going into an L.A. protest and started to film a video. Um, okay. Doing that, does that, does that defeat the purpose? And I'm only asking that because prior to the conversation... Brandon and I were having in private where I talked about um, if you want to go protest, I'd go with you. Um, And previous to that, I had told Brandon that I've been wanting to go on my own anyways for my own selfish reasons. And um, I wanted to go and take pictures. Uh, Brandon asked me if I would go and just to support him and not take pictures. And I told him, yeah. Um, So with... YG film of a video. Does that discredit his involvement? Have you? Do you know why he shot the video? And no, the I have not. I have not looked it up. Oh, okay. Well, he has a uh, a radical, you know, belief when it comes to police. Right. His song is literally called "Fuck the Police." Okay. So. He went out and did this protest. I'm not saying I agree with him at all, you know, um, but he went out in support of the Black Lives Matter, did a peaceful protest and shot the video on behalf of what the song was about. So it had direct correlation, um, but I kind of see where you're going with, you know, did he just do it just to go fucking record his, his or go film his, his video for his song? Well, because um, at that point, Nick, is he not profiting off of that? Not necessarily monetarily, but yeah. in general. And and, and it, it kind of has something to do with the conversation I had with my boy yesterday. Because um, I was talking to him about going to the riots and, and taking mm. pictures. Riots, protests. Well, no, I mean, I just wanted to go to take pictures. And okay. um, he said... He's like, no, I don't want to do that because I don't want to involve myself in that. That's not my place. And then he was talking about uh, profiting. And at first, I, I still was not, like, understanding what he meant by profiting. I, I, I correlated as monetarily, um, but that wasn't the case. It's just I, I don't see why I would go and take these pictures, keep them to myself, and then show them to my friends as if, like, it was some kind of, like, amusement for it. Like, for him to be able to show that. And I started to understand a little bit better what he meant. So, 
with that situation happening, I don't know. I don't know if I can apply the same thing. I, I don't know what his his reasoning for doing what he did. You know, I follow YG. I, I know that he was trying to set up a protest. Um, and that what that's what it all was. He wanted to go out there and, and, and peaceful protest, which he did. But I didn't know he was gonna, you know, go out there and film his, his his music video. But he made the video right after George Floyd clearing. He's always had a stance of fuck the police. Yeah. That's always been him, if you know YG. Um, so it, it it just made sense to me. Because I kind of I kind of know his background and what he's dealt with, but I can see where you're coming from too, and and and, and the the profitability of doing that. Well, I mean, it's not me. It's just there were some people that disagreed with that. Like, you know, no, you, of course, you shouldn't have done that. Fuck it, the police. Fuck the police in general. Like, you know, that, that brews up a whole pot of worms just right there. You know? Right. Regardless of him filming a video or not, he made a song called "Fuck the Police," in direct correlation to you know the George Floyd killing. Um, so, yeah, I get where you're coming from. Well, gentlemen, I think uh, I think we've reached uh, about the end of this. Um, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to talk about specifically? Yo, same message you get, man. Just be kind to people. <laughs> <laughs> be nice, man. This is a hard. This is seriously like one of the hardest times. Like our generation is experiencing something super crazy, man. So patience and love for as many people as you give it to. Yeah. True. You got anything? Um, whatever you feeling, man. Just let it out. I'm not particularly feeling anything. Um, feeling drained, man. <laughs> I'm still drained. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's kind of like the vibe that, that that this conversation had. It's just like we keep talking about it, but it's it's sad that it's happening. I think just yeah, that just, is just draining it overall. Yeah, because I, I think for me, it's just like where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Um, because the the for me the protest has been going on for some time, and then for the the recent hangings to be happening within like the same time, it's like okay, where you think uh, we may be coming stepping forward, but I mean, like I said before, I get it that nothing's going to change overnight. Yeah. But um, I would like to see the light at the end of the tunnel soon. But I hope it's um. Uh, and I guess in due time or good in good timing, I hope everything just makes sense. I don't want it to be a situation where it's swept under the rug for another 10 years and this happens again or something. Um, right. I hope they kind of meet some, we, we all meet some median, a uh, median place, I guess. I don't know about you guys, but this protest has been going on for a long time. I, I've never experienced something like this. And that's what I mean. It's like for for it to be going on as long as it is, and then you get the hanging. So it's like where you think like it may end, and then you get three hangings, and it's like shit. Okay, so we're about to keep going through this uh, still. Um, but I don't want to seem like I'm I'm ungrateful, and I don't want to seem like I want it to be rushed. I want everything to get handled. But yeah, light at the end of the tunnel. I'd like to see it soon. For sure. Uh, I'm I'm gonna. Um go off of what, what we were talking about earlier in terms of the logic and the emotional side of things. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like Mason said, man, this is, this is a cry for help for, for the black community or any people of color. 
um, who may deal with this type of situation. Um, and is anybody feeling the same way we're feeling? Like, just, you know, listen, you know, see where we're coming from. If you can help at all, help. Um, you know, we're not saying this because we're not doing these protests because we want to be out here doing this or because it serves, you know, kind of, it does have a benefit, but we need help. We need everybody's help. Even if you don't understand, you don't agree with it, try to understand where we're coming from and, and see that th th there's really no negative kind of connotation to what's going on right now. We just need help. I guess I've, I've never, um, you know, my lifetime experienced um, any police brutality. Um, I, don't, I don't know anybody personally who's experiencing police brutality. But when I see these people out here that look like me, um, it is emotionally draining, man. Because it doesn't matter where I, I live or, you know, you know, where I am in the world, it could possibly happen to me. It could be me, you know, being shot in front of a Wendy's, even though that situation is, you know, under investigation. But it could be me. I could have an unfortunate interaction with the, with, the, with the cop that is having a bad day or doesn't like black people or you know, whatever the case may be. And I could be the next person on, you know, circling around because I've been killed due to police brutality. So if you can just understand and, you know, find it in your heart, even though you might have these these reservations are rebuttals to try to find it in your heart and try to try to see where we're coming from. I think, you know, it'll go a long way. I'm trying to, you know, change this. Yeah. I want to back you up on that, man, because the other thing I'm realizing, I think it's something I hear from both of you and uh, two right now is like, you guys are drained. That emotional part is drained. So fighting anything right now, I was trying to give you guys logic. This feels like more effort on your guys' part. Like there's mm -hmm. no reason for it. Make it easy on you guys right now. Yeah. I think that's I think, my bad, true, my bad. And I think that's where it comes from when it comes to the whole representation of uh, these statues. And I think I think it's it is a lot of emotion for me. Because, um, you know, for me personally, they represent a very negative stand on our on our, on our, on our history. And like I, I hear you guys and all the the, the, the logic you want to bring all the, the, the rebuttal to it. But it, it, that symbolism, it, it's, it's, it's draining, man. And for it to finally be have a little bit of recognition, uh, you know, that's that's where I was coming from. Um, but yeah, yeah, just it, it's draining, man. You know, we just want to see some change. We want people just to see where we're coming from, and not and not take all the negativity, the the, the rioting, the looting, and, and just base that off off of everything that's going on, all all the other peaceful peacefulness that's going on. Um, just want to see where we're coming from. That's all it is, man. We could do that. I think we'll be in a better place. Agreed. Yeah, yeah it's pretty fair. Um, well, I hope we were able to get as much out as we could. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can, uh, we can, we can be able to, at the end of the day, be able to provide the help that, that is needed. For not not only support but for understanding, out there. Um, for those of you that may be like me, that I guess just might see the world gray. Um, you know, just be be I guess be supportive to those around you. 
Um, and at the end of the day, don't let anybody determine your your motives for anything. As long as you know where your heart is, let that be it. And uh, let's move forward from there. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for coming out or, or, you know, taking the time to not only do us once, but do it twice and for an extended period of time. Um, I really don't want you guys leaving today feeling like maybe there was something that didn't get addressed or something that you weren't able to say. So will I continue my spill if there's anything else that you feel like you need to talk, address, shout out, whatever? Um, you could do it now. If not, um, you know, again, I, I thank you guys for, for, you know, not only listening, but participating, providing opinions, providing um, hopefully better understanding for those that not only were involved in the conversation, but for those of us, us that are actually listening to our conversation. And uh, for those of us that have been listening, um, feel free to put your input, send us a message, let us know what you think, let us know what what could have been differently in this conversation. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, I appreciate you guys oh, for uh, giving me the uh, giving me the outlet to the vocally um express what i type on every post <laughs> that i see on ig that i may disagree with or agree with um so i appreciate you guys and i appreciate uh your opinions uh you as well mason um i appreciate your opinions and your side and your point of view mm. of things well definitely thank you guys man thank you for having me on man it's like uh, i feel honored here to be like one of the people you guys are about to like to talk about this kind of thing and like i don't know especially for people like you know O's wife and stuff i hope i like at least open up some people of color's minds to like not all white people are out there to hurt you, man. Like there are some really good white people out there, just like there are really good black people out there. And I hope for white people are listening to you. If you have some weird stigma for some stupid reason, stop. Just think about it. Everybody's just human. Me being a part of the show, man, I I, I want to thank you, Mason, for being one of my brothers, even even through this short time. I know, you know, this is a tough position. Um, and and I've I've struggled with this because we we've had different kind of conversations that we wanted to you know have your input, but it, it's been my reservedness to 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 not just use you for that for that because of your race. I'm here, man. Use me. Yeah, man. And, 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 and if I'm the right I'm, message, let's do it for sure. I'm gonna struggle with it going forward. We're gonna have probably conversations in the future. I'm like I don't want to get Mason on here again, man. I, you know, he, he, we can talk about something else, man. What's going on in the energy world, man? Let's yeah, talk about that. Uh, exactly. He's, exactly. He's protected you over about some other conversations. Yeah. So I um I appreciate you, brother. You know, regardless of you being white or not, you I um appreciate your input. Appreciate um, you know, you not being naive. You want you wanted to see, you know, everybody's perspective. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. And then to you, Chewy, appreciate too, that. brother. We're, we're, we're in the same battle, man. You know? Definitely. And I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know you as well as well as I I, I wish I did. You <laughs> know, I appreciate your input as well. And um, just know you got a brother in me. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what's going on. Uh, uh, so is it the ER ending or an A? Uh, What happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, you're is a brother or is a brother? Because we, we gotta, brother, we gotta make yeah, that. Mason, Mason, my brother. 
It's an A. Oh, you my brother. A and E R, man. Those are some crazy things in life. All right. I like how the conversation got like real dark just based on those letters. Um so my my final thing is if it wasn't clear, okay. I love black people. Okay? Not just black people. But mainly black people. <laughs> what can contest or what? Uh, Jesus, man, this guy. Um I just gotta make it clear. No, I mean like I know that that my my mind has said some things that doesn't really put me in any spectrum. It either puts me on the left or it puts me on the right. And uh, I just want to make clear that I am 100% uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement. I believe in what, what they're doing. Um, if I question it, it's because I have questions. And I'd like to be sure of what it is that I'm I'm helping support. Um, I believe that what's been happening to the African, other black community, um, with racial injustice and, uh, police brutality is not right. Whether color is involved or not, the treatment in in itself is not right. Um, and I'm going to do my best to show more support, um, I think it's it, it's important, and that's why I want to emphasize on it, so that I don't leave a doubt of where I stand. So, I love you guys. I love the people love listening. Man. That. Love the I people like listening. Um, you get all emotional again. Look at you. What happened to you, bro? Exactly. Man. <laughs> I don't know. He tried. He tried to kill the kill the. The vibe, and then you know he dropped right into it. Man. Yeah, I don't know. See, this is why I don't, I'm not emotional. I don't know how to control it. I went from a very high to a very low. So I, just can't do it. I gotta be right in the middle. Um, anyways, thanks again. Shout out to DJ Payne One for our intro. Um, thank you for everybody that's been supporting the the podcast and continues to support us. Um, if you liked any of our podcasts and if you like the messages that we've been putting out lately. Send them out to your friends. Send them out everywhere you can. Help us help us uh, expand the message that we can. Again, this isn't um, for us to profit out of this. I mean, we don't make any money doing this. But this is all, I don't want to say for fun, but this is a way for us to be able to talk and express ourselves in a controlled manner where we allow each other to talk. Um and I think a lot of what was said today, a lot of people need, a lot of people could hear it that could benefit from it. Um, even if it's just one person that that we can help uh, deal with the situation, I think that that's a win already. Um, and if you just barely, if this was your first time listening to our episode, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockerRoomBO. That is together. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. I appreciate your time. Peace out.